the world is ending in 10 days again. Again. And yeah. I don't know what to do again. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Geek Chew, a podcast where we chew over the geeky things that we love. I'm Eamon. And I'm Charlene. And our intro music is by my brother Ryan. And this week, the real theme, I guess, just TV shows that yeah. we're watching. Well, it's not like we did one themed episode and now that's the standard. But we also, I mean, a lot of times we'll go into like an episode with at least one major specific thing that we're talking about. Oh, but I thought that there was. <laughs> is it Perry Mason? No. Is it, see, <laughs> <laughs> what is it on, on your, on your list then? Vast of Night. Okay. Because it's a movie? I guess it just seemed like the most important thing that we watched. Okay. And I am totally okay with that. But we should start with stuff that we did separately, maybe. Right? I, I didn't do anything without you this no, week. <laughs> uh, me and Courtney started watching Doom Patrol, which oh. is a new show that started on the, I think, just the DC Universe app or channel, whatever they had. Yeah. Which is kind of shutting down, I think, and everything's moving over to HBO Max, like the Harley Quinn cartoon show. Is Batman the Animated Series going to be on HBO Max? Because right now it's not. Yeah, I don't know. I hope so. Because I've been wanting to rewatch that for like a while, but I don't want to have to pay for DC All Access. Yeah, me either. But Doom Patrol is actually really good. We're only four episodes into the first season. Mm-hmm. It's weird. The first season is 15 episodes and the second season, which I think just came out is like eight, but it's based on this, I, I guess, longer running than I, than I knew comic book series, like team of kind of, um, misunderstood heroes, misunderstood loser. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> it's, and I think it gained popularity when Grant Morrison took over the title whenever he did for like a a run of 50 or so issues but the the show itself is just really well done i think and then brendan fraser is this robot man character oh really i love him yeah you see him the actor sparingly throughout the show because most of the most of the show he's this robot man character and he voices this robot with his brain in it in it and uh super funny I think the tone is just really incredible. And part of that is Alan Tudyk is also in it. And he's this Mr. Nobody who has kind of like a double duty as the narrator and the villain, at least for the first part of uh, the hmm. first season. But uh, it's it's really good. It's funny. I tried to start Splendid and Vile, the new, or the most recent, I think, uh, Eric Larson book oh, the, mm-hmm. on audiobook. And I just, I couldn't do it. No. Yeah, I don't know if it's like the narration or just like the first chapter or like I just wasn't like I just found myself like just not paying attention yeah. to what was happening. Kind of how you always listen to audiobooks. Right. That's my bad, I guess. I mean, I really we were trying to pick a bunch of books and I and I, it sounded interesting and I knew his name because the Devil in the White City book, which I actually have not even read, but yeah, you really enjoyed. It was really great. So but this that, is a different kind of book. It's yeah. not like true crime. I mean, except for that it's World War II, which, you know, the Nazis are criminals. But <laughs> but it's it's more about um, Winston Churchill. And uh, I just, 
Not so much. Yeah, you better listen to it because oh, otherwise it's a waste not. of an, an audio. <laughs> Are you kidding? You're not going to listen to it? Well, I mean. Well, then I'm going to return it to Audible and get another credit because you can do 2028. that. 2028. 2028? <laughs> yes. No, I'm going to return so it. so many wind up. That's what's actually really nice about Audible is if you don't like a book, you can return it and I'll get a credit and get something else that I do want to listen to. Um, Same man. But we already, no, I don't know. I'll go back and forth on that one. But um, I did start Dune instead. Oh, yeah. And it's, so I read that book once when I was young. I was still living. Which is one more time than I have. At home, like my childhood home, home. And I still remember like everything from that first chapter. And so there's something about that story that really stuck with me. And no, I don't remember all of the, the later stuff, but like, it's just really good sci-fi. And as I progressed through, I'm like, oh yeah, that, and I remember who this is. And I remember that strange planet name or these people's names. And it's, it's really good. So you should listen to that. And I think it's a full cast production too. Or, really? yeah. yeah. I'm going to have so. to, uh, well, I mean, there's the new Dune movie coming out. So do I want to listen to it before or after? Uh, and I probably won't. I mean, it's up to it. It's up way, to you. So. <laughs> um, but, it's, I mean, I it's a long one. The movie. Yeah. It's, a, <laughs> it's a long one. It's like 20 <laughs> something hours. I think 21 hours. Yeah. So, I don't know. You can listen to audiobooks on our Echoes in the house because, you know, they're all Amazon. Right. So if you're interested in that, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I went through the new previews catalog for comic books. Oh, which yes. We, we haven't been talking about a whole ton because. Because the distribution stopped. And so we're kind of slowly picking comic books back up as the industry does, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Starts putting them back out. But the new previous catalog had a couple of interesting things. One was this Berserker comic book, which is written by Keanu Reeves and Matt Kent. Matt Kent doesn't actually do the art, which is slightly disappointing. Yeah. I mean, um, I like his art, but that's, I mean, I like his writing more. Right. I think. Yeah, right? definitely. And the art is actually Alessandro Vitti. And it looks uh, also good, but just have to realign my expectations. The cover is cool because it's by the uh, Raphael Grandpa, who does a lot of those um, superhero pictures that I sent you that I'm like this one's cool, like the Flash uh-huh. stretching his hamstring and that stuff. But uh, I think we'll probably try that one. And then also, I think we did um, a recording for Neil Gaiman's Norse mythology book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we talked about that. that. We read. Well, they're doing a comic book version of it, which uh, normally I would not be uh, particularly interested in, but Mm -hmm. the pages from Mike Mignola, the art looked really cool. It has a couple other artists on there like Cherry Ordway and Craig Russell that I'm not uh, super fans of, but I don't know. Might not try it, but it looked cool either way. And then I also spent some time like catching up on a couple series or finishing series which i didn't even realize i was doing but east of west uh finished with issue 45 i guess back in december while i was gone um but i just finished that and it was a really satisfying like conclusion to this big story about i guess ultimately like the rise and fall of civilizations and the characters that were involved in this particular story which uh was really fun with the interesting take on the four horsemen of the apocalypse and all that but it just made me think of like how long ago that started yeah, because I think we 
We started that right at the very beginning when it first came out. Yep. So we have... We have a couple of different versions of issue one. Yeah, I think that's the maybe the only like long run like that that we have kept up with from start to finish. Yeah, and by kept science. up with, I yeah. mean, um, you've kept up with it. I kind of stopped, fell off reading it, but we own them all and I'll go back and, yeah. and read them all. Well, Black Science is the other one, but I... We don't own them all yet because we're missing three issues that I've um, been trying to get so I can finish that series as well. But we have every issue of that. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. East of West started in 2013. Like we were still in South Carolina yeah. so before we lived in Texas and we wouldn't, uh, our comic book store in Columbia was called Punk Monkey and East of West was one of the books. The volume one of East of West was one of the books we went and did like the little book club in the store there after they closed. Remember we used to do that a couple of times. Oh yeah. But didn't we already have the first issues of that before we did the book club yeah, reading yeah. of it? Yeah. We had already yeah. read it. Oh, okay. And then they chose to do it. In that the book was club. Just, that was fun. It was fun. Yeah. And now we just talk to each other <laughs> into the <laughs> microphones, into the void. Yeah. Uh, also started in 2013 was Lazarus, the Greg Rucka and Michael Lark, which I'm also now caught up on. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is also going to be an Amazon show, which should be pretty cool. I think that's another one that we have all the books for, except for the, there's a spinoff called X66 that we didn't read. I just, sometimes a story gets like, I appreciate all the detail and the backstory in that, that goes into some of these books, but like, sometimes I'm just looking for like the main comic book story. <laughs> right. Know, you like, don't need like the expanded universe. Like some people want who are like, super fans of star wars and they want like all of the right everything that's canon you know and and then things that aren't and fan fiction and and that but that's just kind of not the way that we approach yeah uh our pop culture intake yeah. you know not yeah not typically <laughs> usually we stick to the to the the beaten path yeah and this is another one of those independent series that they put out as they can. So they're not like changing artists and all that stuff. And the, the new form it's taken is these bound books that are, that are longer, this Lazarus risen part of the series. And it's got actual like prose stories in the back, which I, I just don't read. It's harder. Cause you end up missing a lot of stuff that's going on, but like, eh, that's just not what I want from yeah. my comics, I guess. Um, I don't know, but it's not like those probably aren't worth reading. It's just, yeah. Yeah. I, like, I definitely want to be respectful of the work that went into all the yes. additional stuff that they put in there. I'm, I'm just not interested, super interested in a lot of that stuff. Right. I I very much like the visual medium that is comics, yeah. you know? I, I mean, I also read novels and stuff like that, but like there's, you, you just, yeah. you, you go to a certain type of medium or story for and that's sometimes that's just what you want right but then i feel bad that i don't read the, the <laughs> end you know like i feel bad because uh, but whatever i should just get over it it's my life i can spend it how i want <laughs> uh, you wanna, um i don't know what do you want to talk about first do you want to just mention that we finished our latest season of survivor that we decided to watch oh my gosh david versus goliath so i'm like super obsessed with this show now like, we spent I mean, about four we, hours finishing we, up the season last night. Yeah, <laughs> and I think this is the best season I've ever seen. It's, oh, for sure. it, it's really such a good game. Like enough that it makes me want to like go do Survivor. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would fail miserably. I don't think I'd be like, yeah, I'd vote it off first for 
losing the challenge for everybody or whatever. But um, I don't know. It's so fun to watch. I, I feel like we yeah. missed out so yeah, long. You can kind of see. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's fun to see it, though. Like you see the evolution of the show right. from watching some of the older stuff and now like stuff that's a little bit newer and how they've changed things. And like, I think one thing that we're missing, though, is we are watching from like a list of best seasons right so we haven't like watched like a bad season yet so if we start watching like keeping up regularly and the season just kind of sucks are we gonna like continue i think I don't we know. probably will maybe I, I think i mean even just the few seasons that we've watched like some have been much better than others this last one was amazing but just the structure of the show is just entertaining yeah whether you're I mean, super I- invested in the people who are doing it or if they're good at the game of survivor the outwit outlast outplay kind of deal right it's just i mean the challenges are fun just seeing them try to maneuver themselves into different positions is super entertaining right uh regardless and whether you like them or not right right sometimes it's more fun to be that person (laughs) yeah i mean i guess that's kind of how i feel about like the bachelor franchise i'm like fully invested even if it's like a terrible season some seasons are terrible yeah like the last season of the bachelor was awful it was awful yeah um and i had high hopes for it and so did courtney but we both left it really disappointed and pissed off but it was also kind of fun to be pissed off and like hating it (laughs) you know but like i'm still fully invested in that franchise so yeah anyway i guess moving on i don't know which season we're gonna watch next um i think we're going back a few seasons i'd have to look at the list okay dog just rolled off her blanket how do you roll off a blanket that's flat on the floor? Oh, I mean, I guess I get it. <laughs> you just cut that right out. You just roll. <sighs> I was thinking like falling off and not rolling off. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not what happened and it's not what she said. So, so <laughs> I think we should leave that in. The <laughs> Indian matchmaking. Yeah. You want to talk about this, right? I Even do. after the article. Yeah. Just read. So it's complicated, right? I really enjoyed watching the show. I don't have really any knowledge about Indian culture and their history of the caste system and like the pervasive racism and abuse of women and things like that. So I went into the show watching it and feeling it was just like delightful. Right. Um, And then I read this article that pointed out all of this stuff And I still like, I was disappointed in myself because I started out with thinking like, yeah, but like the show's not about that. It's just about like this one aspect and why does everything have to be also about a greater issue and why can't something just be fun? And isn't it nice that we like get a show that focuses on people of color? Because there isn't a lot of that. Like, and from, from what I've read, it's, it's been a, a really successful, like, show like people are are watching it and interested and and then the more i read of this article i was like i can't think like that like that makes me part of the problem and so that that was just disappointing like Mm. how it kind of glazes over the issues associated with the caste system in india right Right. and how the arranged marriage system or arranged marriage in general helps to keep that system in place it's not really just about like hey, you're setting, like, all these arranged marriages ended up being happy marriages, and so it can work. It's about how they use that system 
to keep this colorism and caste system and all of this prejudice in, in place. So it's a seven or eight episode eight. show on Netflix. Yeah. And the article that you're talking about was from the Atlantic. I don't know who wrote it. I looked at the author, but, uh, or the writer. Yeah. I didn't write it know. down, but yeah, I didn't watch the whole thing from start to finish with you. So, and I only heard the cast system mentioned once while we were watching. It was very, it was very brushed off. Like right. it was mentioned and then like just moved on from like, it wasn't ever made into a part of the conversation. Yeah. And some of the happy marriages that you're talking about, like the older couples that they have. Talk about how they met and they're yeah, just sitting on a couch. Intro and, yeah. each episode. And then, and then that's also how they close out that at least season of this series. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that the show runner or creator also made uh, the docu a documentary about arranged marriage back in 2017, like a movie. Right. I'd be curious about how arranged marriage is portrayed in that documentary. Cause obviously the showrunner has a point of view on arranged marriage. Well, she does say in that article, you know, like I want to be challenged. I want to, you know, I want people to say, Hey, you're forgetting this. You're missing this. And right. Yeah. I read that. I just, so I wonder what she presented in that documentary in the, yeah. and how different it is from the stuff that is not addressed in, in this show. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it might be worth looking into. I do want to mention, I did look where everyone is. Nobody is with the person that they, Oh yeah. not even the one <laughs> that like, they were like on the verge of getting married. Didn't happen. So Interesting. it didn't work out for any of them on the show, which it's fine. It's a little dissatisfying, but yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then at the end of the show, there's Netflix redirects you to, we also have this show that you might enjoy, which is uh, this love on the spectrum show, which I watched the trailer for and uh, not, not going to lie. I don't know if I can watch that show. I know. <laughs> Even the trailer made me cry, but oh, I, it's, it, it'll be, it would be a tough watch for me. But like, ultimately, would it be worth it? I don't know. That's going to be hard. We can we can give it a shot, I guess. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> but uh, what else do we want to talk about? I mean, we started... Umbrella Academy. Um, we were supposed to watch another episode last night, and then we got bogged down in Survivor, right. which is fine, because now I won't be thinking about it uh, anymore. But um, <laughs> Umbrella Academy starts out in like... It, right into the action. Yeah. Cause well, I mean, I had to rewatch the whole first season to really remember exactly what happened and even where they left off. But I really appreciated just the structure of the first episode of the second season and how it shows you what happened to them, but also splits the splits them up and shows so much of what led to what the conceit of the new season is, which is basically the same conceit of the first season. It's the same scenario, right. but different circumstances which is fun. It is fun. Yeah. It's, it's just, I mean, it is a little bit funny to have them be like, yeah, the, the world is ending in 10 days again. again. And yeah. I don't know what to do again, <laughs> but you were right. They jump right into this awesome action sequence where you see the team kind of working together in a way that you don't really see in the first episode or right. first season. I mean, you do a little bit when they're kids, but not as adults who like have honed their powers or whatever, however we want to look at it. But right. you see them actually work as a team, which was uh, really, it was, it was cool because for most of the time here, like these idiots can't get their heck together and right. they're obviously not like a superhero team, but uh, apparently they can be, I don't know. Right. 
What did you think about how they were separated and then kind of come back together in a way that's much different from the first season? Because I thought it was super cool. Right. How they're separated? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is interesting. You know, they're all sort of punched out into a different year or month of a year, basically in this a three-year time span in the early 60s. And Allison gets there first, right? And so she's got like the most probably invested in that life that she's led there without her siblings. She doesn't know where they've been. Um, that's really an interesting take because, you know, they're all kind of starting from scratch in this in place in time that they've never been before and just trying to figure out what they're going to do with themselves and in, in their life lives. What did you think about um, the, the Vanya storyline? Did she, she lost her memory, which I don't, I don't think that's very spoilery, but right. from, from the incident from the first season, no, right? No. From when she knocked her head. She got hit by a car. She runs out into the road That's and gets right. hit by the car. And See, lose, and already so, confused. Yeah. If you, I almost forgot that too. So we go to the house that she's living in and, you know, they're like, well, any memories return? And I'm like, memories? Like, right. what the heck? What's going on? And then I'm like, oh yeah, that's, because then I, I thought, well, how does she end up coming to live with this family? And it's because that's the family that hit her with the car. So yep. now they feel responsible for her. Also funny. Now I remember having this conversation once before. About anyway, the car? Yeah, with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's cool. <laughs> it's fine. I know I'm not memorable to sit and uh-huh. talk to. Wow. That's why we, we record it and you can <laughs> yeah, go back. I can play it back. <laughs> but I'm super excited to watch the rest of the second season. And it's cool that, you know, Tegan's very invested in the Umbrella Academy and that she wants to watch with us and that she won't just binge it because she can't really pay attention for that long yeah she could barely pay attention last night while we we're watching the shining she's been asking to watch the shining for like weeks right yeah and then we put it on and she's like and you're like watch this part yeah. did <laughs> she, you see that she's like i get the general gist of the things going on I'm like whatever <laughs> i don't know if you had anything else for umbrella Academy. no i mean we're one episode in and it'll, it'll be fun to to keep up with it yeah and, a little, a little less fun, uh, or a little less upbeat, maybe, is the Perry Mason show yes. on HBO, which I think it's a weekly show, so it's one of their Sunday shows that's coming out weekly, and I think it's I think maybe the sixth episode is coming out this mm, week. That sounds about right. And we've watched... Three? Four. I want to say four. Yeah. I think we just watched the fourth episode on Friday. It's definitely a very good show. Uh, I'm really enjoying it now. It took a little bit to get into it because it's... It's really gritty and violent, especially the first episode with what happens to the baby, which was yeah. really kind of um, morbid, excessive. Like I get, I, it. I get that it's part of the story. It just maybe just describe what happened. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I I think that you know, with a visual medium like television, there are certain things, and especially when you're watching on HBO, which historically has had the opportunity to because it's a paid cable station um to show things that you can't show on network television i think that kind of is something that you have to show the horror of it yeah. to to really i mean it it was shitty like i yeah. get it also, like nobody like the, really wants to see that but you don't have it doesn't give you the same impact without that visual and it it wasn't like on the screen long yeah and it there's was, the thread storyline yeah uh, so it's it's cool. It was just gross <laughs> and disturbing. It was disturbing. Yes. But it's 
but it's obviously a reboot of the old TV show. Right. Matthew Reese. It ran. And an awesome cast. The original ran from 1957 to 66 and Perry Mason was a criminal defense lawyer. So, which we kind of discussed when we first watched the first episode, you know, like I thought Perry Mason was a lawyer. Right. And you were like, I think he's a private detective or the other way around. I don't remember who thought what. Right. Me either. But um, we were both like, wait, wasn't he this? I don't know. Was this? Wait. Was Columbo a detective? <laughs> you know, yeah. Just, yeah. I was like, what? oh, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, um, should have recorded that conversation. Uh, <laughs> but the but he he's not a detective. I mean, he's not a lawyer in this. But I kind of can see how those steps. It's going to get there. Like it's already there. been renewed for a second season, and hopefully it keeps going. And you do get to see Matthew Reese, Perry Mason as a, a lawyer. Yeah, I love I love Matthew Reese and things of the Americans. And um, so I have a new plan for that. I, just quick tangent. I do want to watch the Americans. I, I started to several years ago, watch like first one or two episodes and never got back to it. But I think if I watch an episode on my lunch break at work, I can maybe get, get through some of it. Mm-hmm. It's anyway, cool. I like, I like the aesthetic of the Americans as yeah. well as like the, I mean, like it's just an interesting watch, but I'm nowhere near caught up on that either. But um, yeah, so what I will miss into a second season is, does that mean we're going to lose the character of Sister Alice? This is kind of like a really interesting part of what we're watching and like trying to figure out how like she as a character and her mom really tie into this story of this crime. Because, yeah, she is essentially like sticking up for and this like whole church has like a part to play in the baby who was kidnapped and killed. But it, it could have been tangible tangential right like right. yeah and yeah. then like so the gone Tatiana away Maslany is the person who, right. who plays this character who you know and love from orphan black yes that, yeah and she really does i think bring a lot of energy like a, a different energy and a unique storyline to this show and it would be i mean yeah maybe they could carry her character forward or maybe um, just find a new you know kind of character to replace that energy i know yeah i mean but I like her character is what I'm saying. So, um, but it's also interesting because you know, at some point something's going to happen where they're going to be more closely tied into the The ultimate. Yeah. Like with Perry Mason. Yeah. yeah. Because they're kind of like circling each other right now. Right. Right. And it's, it's it's just really well done so far. And I talking about the aesthetic of the Americans, this one, this show also has a really great aesthetic about, about it. And it's, I guess, in the 20s, set in the 20s, probably. because It it's, is set in 1932, L.A. So, like, kind of middle of the Great Depression. Yeah, no, but um, I read an article that said, like, L.A. wasn't necessarily hit as hard with the Great Depression stuff okay. as yeah, some other sense. parts of the country. Um, so, you're not really seeing a whole lot of how that is affecting. Like, you're seeing, we did see one scene where there's, like, men looking at, like, a, a jobs board. Yeah. Um, outside, you know, like on a window somewhere on the street, but that's not really the life like that we're focused on right. in this story. And also that just that like yeah, so where the story takes place isn't like a picture of what's happening in the rest of the country. Yeah. And we didn't really know what the timeline was when we started reading, reading, <laughs> when we started watching the show. And so, and, and it has these flashbacks to war for Perry Mason for the Perry Mason character where he's, where you 
experience what he experienced during the war. We were kind of talking about whether it was World War II, World War I. Right, because they just said obviously the war. war. And right. then, you know. Uh, those war scenes are pretty intense, too, though. You can tell they pumped, like, tons of money into the show. And it is interesting that they chose Perry Mason as an IP to reboot. It's kind of weird. So, I mean, I know it was Yeah, yeah, that's a good a point. I didn't really show. think of that. And I didn't realize that uh, when Raymond Burr reprised his role as Perry Mason, that it was like 30 made-for-TV movies. It wasn't like a reboot of the series back then. Uh, I, I had no knowledge of any of this anyway. But yeah, it's just, it's interesting. Yeah, someone that must they have used been this like a, a vehicle to tell a story. And it seems appropriate for today too, because there's racism and evangelical religious judgment. Yeah. <laughs> like stuff going on that's really kind of capturing what's going on in our world today. So, I mean, it's really weird because everything that's going on in the outside world right now wasn't really as forefront in the media at the time that they're filming and creating this show. And now sort of all of that stuff has come to a head where we're in um, with the black lives matter movement and all of that, like really being on every in the, in the front of everyone's mind It's just um, interesting how the, the showrunners, the storytellers, the writers on this show were able to, to sort of capture that this was going to be important or that it is important. And, and it's coming out at this time that all of this stuff is, is really on everyone's mind. Yeah. We kind of talked about the same thing with, and, and I guess it seems more logical that they would be able to like catch that societal movement as it's on the upswing or I don't know if you call it an upswing, but you know, right. Well, as things are sort we of, had, yeah, we had just kind of talked about the same thing with the pandemic and some of these, what was it that we were watching? Sea fever. Sea fever and how that was eerily kind of indicative of what we're living right now. Yeah. Right? I think you just have to have like a, an intense awareness, a, a really great awareness of, of what is going on in the world and like then being able to translate that into some sort of right. thing that, that you want to create. But like, yeah, just because it's not in the forefront of everybody's mind or the media is not talking about doesn't it. Mean doesn't mean it's, it's not, not there. Right. Right. Um, and part of it's also just luck. Right. Yeah, of course. You know, like, yeah. I mean, I mean, luck, that's an interesting word. Um, Coincidence, (laughs) So so many wrong words. Coincidence? Uh, Like some of it is, yeah, like you just have to, there was no way to know that this was going to explode the way that it has and become, that awareness would have grown to to where it is. So, I mean, I I think that that just makes it a, a greater watch though. And knowing that the people who are creating this show are keeping an eye on what's actually like what is important in the world and what's happening in the world and what, what issues that they want to talk about. Well, I think that that's all I have for Perry Mason. Do you have anything else? I don't think so. It's really good. It is really good. I am looking forward to, to catching up and then keeping up right. with Perry Mason. So uh, I think the last thing that we have is, is our, our big ticket item. <laughs> <laughs> The best of night. <laughs> Maybe I have the least to say about this and didn't I know. even know. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Um, I don't have a ton to say. I mean, I, I don't even. I mean, yeah. The only how did you find this I, to watch? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I if I gave you three guesses, you'd get it on the first one. It was a podcast on the Ringer, the big picture, right? And Sean Fennessy was talking about his top movies for 2020, which is obviously kind of slim pickings at this point. But his number two movie, I think, was Vast of Night which is just this small release on Amazon Prime. Right. Well, it was intended for 
a big a big screen release. Um, the director Andrew Patterson. It's his debut film. It's a very very small budget. Yeah, which well, all makes self-financed. It even, yeah, is it self financed? Yeah, like I didn't less know that. Than a million dollars. That's crazy. Well, even I mean, knowing how small the budget was for this, like the creativity has to go a step over, right? Like the camera works really cool in this, and like yeah, just tons the, of tracking shots, and you can tell he spent a lot of time extended, on the script, and yeah, uh, the, the conversations don't feel forced. Like I know that um, people talk about like Aaron Sorkin's dialogue and how I'm not into his dialogue because it's it feels force like it's very clever it's very quippy um but it also doesn't feel realistic to me and so so that like i've just never i don't dislike it but i don't think that it's like so awesome the way that other people really get into it but this like the dialogue felt like it was rapid and but it felt like how two kids would talk to each other while they're on the move, like walking across a parking lot in the 1950s where they're just like, you know, and this is happening and this is happening and they're in a rush and trying to, you know. Yeah, it's, I think, I mean, it, it just does a really good job capturing a specific feel, right? Like right. I've seen, I think I read maybe two or three articles and each one of them said something like, I wish I could have watched this in a drive-in movie theater. Yeah, and, and it did release in several, which was really cool um, yeah. because that's how people in the 50s were watching right movies and it's um, 50s takes place in the late 50s new mexico i guess the driving force of the plot is a signal that's received via radio and they're trying to figure out what it is and what also the like on is, the what it telephone line like yeah. it's yeah and like the, the the information that they're getting is by someone describing what's happening because it's that's not like you, you have a media crew right. out there with cameras live showing you on your television yeah i don't know i just really liked how they captured that that kind of fifties feel the gym people all showing up for the big game, like the whole town, um, in there, you know, at the high school, because this is an important event for the whole town. Yeah. I mean, and then, and then the, the girl at the switch, the switchboard stuff was, I, I just, I got a big kick out of that and me too. the way they worked the switchboard. So I guess, I mean, the two main characters are played by Jake Horowitz and a girl named Sierra McCormick, who I'd never seen, but She's the kids from the Disney channel, right? Yeah. The kids were super into the idea of watching her. What is she on ant farm? Is that what? Tegan yeah. Said? And she was also on like, a couple of episodes of Jesse maybe. And then another show that, you know, Courtney's girlfriend was here and she was like, is that? And she looked it up and she was like, yeah, she's on whatever show she was talking about. Clearly we're into the Disney channel (laughs) preteen television shows, but just seeing them operate in this environment and the way they talk to each other and uh, the way they go about trying to solve the mystery and the people that they talk to throughout the town. It was just, it was a, it was a fun movie. It was and it was intense, like it was um suspenseful and like Yeah, I mean it's interesting that they have suspense whether you're in the kind of I mean for what this movie was, big action sequence or even just sitting at the switchboard. Right. And yeah, you know, it was it was really well done, I and thought. It, it was, I think it was, you know, ultimately like a really quiet movie in a lot of the like intense important scenes, but still just like super attention grabbing and yeah, and I liked again maybe the theme for this episode is aesthetic because I really like the aesthetic of this film and like even Sierra McCormick's character Faye with this you know her cat eye yeah glasses and her skirt and her buttoned up shirt or blouse or just carrying around her little microphone oh, corner yeah, yeah, which I was so that, um, it was like of... such a big deal it was uh, I mean 
it just was really cool. It really like immersed you in that year and time. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's probably all I really had for Vasa Night. Did you have anything else? No. Yeah. <laughs> I do recommend watching it. Yeah. It was really good. It's again on Amazon Prime. Uh, the only other thing that I, I had written down here was I, I'd read, um, speaking of movies and how this was on uh, a top 10 list or top five list and the movies that have not come out this year. I read a Hollywood Reporter article about the chaos of the box office calendar that's coming whether it's at the end of this year or more into 2021 and beyond and how many things are getting pushed and or squeezed into the next year and how important it is for those movies to come out on just the right date so they can maximize profits for these studios that are already hurting it's just it's going to be a weird weird year and part of all the churn that's going on with with theaters being closed and with this push from studios to kind of move to a more digital platform, there was a, a deal that was just struck between AMC and Universal that Universal will be able to put their stuff out for digital uh, 17 days after it's released in theater, which I just thought was interesting. I mean, it's just for Universal Pictures, but... Right, because there was that whole... They were having a little tiff. Yeah, they were upset about the Trolls World Tour thing. Yeah. Amongst other things, probably. Right. But I mean, it went from 75 to 17, which is a huge reduction, obviously. And I I'd always, I never understood that when we were kids, like the gap between coming out of the theater and when it would be released on VHS right? Uh, to see at home. It was always very frustrating. And then it was, I don't know what the contracted time was. Obviously, I had no like idea really about it. It, least, it must have been at least six months. Yeah. But uh, plus they needed to actually distribute the videos and sell those, which might not take quite as long, but it's not like putting it on a server for uh, video on demand stuff. But it'll be interesting to it see when these movies start coming out. And uh, I'm, I'm ready to watch them, that's for sure. I know, I miss the movies. Yeah. So uh, I guess we'll wrap it up. All our episodes are on geektrue.com and a few other things. We have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. If anybody wants to check that out. And uh, I guess that's it. It was fun. It was smart. We liked it.